your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. Sitting in here with me is Lacrosse County Sheriff's candidate Fritz Leinfelder. We're going to talk about running for sheriff to replace Jeff Wolf. And uh, Fritz, before we do that, it's going to be an all cop show because I have a, a, a quick little interview that I have with Charles Ashbeck, the police chief in on Alaska, um, as we're a week away. So, you know, you tell me if you're going to head over there. Uh, we're a week away from the Chick fil A opening here in Lacrosse. So I talked to Charles about that intersection because that's a fun intersection to go through <laughs> no and, no it's not and now and now we're gonna add chick-fil-a to it and at least for thursday friday saturday i think it's going to be nuts so i asked charles the chief in on alaska uh just a little bit about what they might be doing and uh here's here's just that interview it's a couple minutes Obviously, next Thursday it opens. Maybe that's not obvious. I'm sure you know. Do you guys plan on doing anything? Just because I think traffic will be pretty pretty nuts there for at least the first couple of days. We have been working with Chick-fil-A management there and coming up with a traffic plan. So um, in a nutshell, essentially, we are not going to allow cars um, turning on to South Kinney we're not going to allow them to make a left-hand turn into Chick-fil-A. They're going to have to go further down the road and maybe go around Gunderson Drive um, and then come back towards Chick-fil-A and make a right-hand turn into it. Mm-hmm. So being there, you know, four lanes out there, that way traffic can stay in the curb lane, backed up down South Kinney and not backing out onto Highway 16. Okay, and then the other concern I have, too, is when you're coming out of the quick trip to turn left to go to the lights, nobody's ever going to be able to turn left, at least that Thursday. If not, you know, going forward, it'd be really hard to turn left there, I think. Well, I'm not sure about going forward once the the hype goes down, but for this event, probably for the first, you know, two or three days, we're going to have signage out there in both directions, um, indicating to not block the intersection. I'm in hopes that is a visual reminder to drivers to leave that open there so quick trip traffic can exit out of the parking lot. And will you have, do you think you'll have any officers out there directing traffic for a bit, or just imagine that'll be a kind of a, well, if it's hot out that day, that'll be tough too. Yeah, at the moment, I mean, we're going to uh, monitor it, but we're not actually going to assign anybody out there. Chick-fil-A is talking about possibly hiring off-duty officer to be out there to, you know, manage the area, but we're still discussing those plans. Um, But, you know, we, of course, if things develop and need immediate action, we'll have on-duty staff that can respond and and take appropriate action. And I wasn't out there on the first day that Chipotle opened, but do you remember if that was, like, a little chaotic the first day or a couple of days? I don't recall hearing anything about any, you know, they're kind of in a different scenario with them being in, in their location. I think there was more room for cars to back up into the, in the parking lot there. So I don't recall any major traffic backups. Yeah, it's kind of a different restaurant too. I just I, I I don't recall either. I just was curious. Do you anticipate putting a traffic circle right there? Would you like a nice little traffic circle right where you come out of that quick trip? <laughs> I know you can't do it, but man, I could see if that gets really busy. It's already kind of a hairy intersection, so if it gets busier, yeah, even busier, yeah. that wouldn't that w- wouldn't be the worst thing. 
the more people that can be aware of if you're going to go to that quick trip, there is another way to exit out. If you go behind and go behind Olive Garden, you can actually exit up towards um, Dick Sporting Goods onto Highway 16 there. So I think people would be probably less headache doing that if we can divert people off in that direction. Yeah, if they want to go back towards uh, I-90, yeah, they can definitely go just do a little quick loop and it's all right turns. Kind of like a UPS driver or something. So, <laughs> Exactly. Um, all right. Thanks, Charles. I appreciate it. Thanks, Rick. Bye-bye. All right. That was that was Charles Ashbeck, the Onalaska police chief. And let's see. Let's look at the time. Well, while we're, we're doing that, Fritz, Fritz the uh, investigative – no, what are you? An investigator with the La Crosse County Sheriff. He's telling me stories about being uh, – what would you call that? Just a presidential babysitting? Presidential detail, presidential babysitting, or <laughs> vice president babysitting, that kind of stuff. Uh, and just being, uh, having to have, not, not the funnest job, apparently. Because no. the governor was in town, so I was asking yeah. if it was the county sheriff's department. Because I didn't, I didn't look the officers up and down. I just noticed there was a bunch of officers yeah. there. And in my head, I was like, oh, that's maybe the county. And I'll ask Fritz about that. But uh, state patrol does that job. State patrol and then uh, DCI, uh, the state agents, uh, probably cover a lot of that, too, so. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you got a question for the sheriff's candidate here, La Crosse County Sheriff's Office, uh, Jeff Wolf is stepping down uh, after one term. It sounds bad because it's like, why would he step down after one term? But he's been the, uh, I'm going to forget it now, the assistant, the co- Chief deputy. Chief deputy, there it is. I don't know all the terms. Uh, the chief deputy for multiple terms. I, I don't even know if they have terms, yeah. obviously, yeah. but he's been that, in that position. And he's been in law enforcement here in La Crosse County for 34 years. So he's there. He's ready to retire. So we have to elect a new sheriff's, sheriff here in La Crosse County. And Fritz is running against John Siegel. And uh, they probably don't really care about the D's and R's, but Fritz is the R and Siegel is the D in the race. Uh, because they have to be one or the other. <laughs> uh, and anyway, so we'll, when we come back after Brad doing the news, we'll, we'll get into some of the some of the things that Fritz wants to see uh, within the La Crosse County Sheriff's Office. All right, welcome back to La Crosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Fritz Leinfelder is running for Sheriff of La Crosse County. He's an investigator there. He's been... An investigator, let's see, for 21 years you've been an investigator with the Sheriff's Department here in La Crosse. You've been in law enforcement, all in La Crosse, for 29 years. It'll be 30 November 1st. 30 in November 1st. All right, so right right when you hit that, right right, on, right around the election uh, itself. And I guess, like, could we just do this quick? Like, 29 years, man. What, what, like, what is it about La Crosse? <laughs> go, go somewhere else, Fritz. Get some experience somewhere I... else. I have a passion for the lacrosse area. Like I said I was I'm a lifelong resident of lacrosse, so uh, it's something that I've spent my career doing within the sheriff's department of lacrosse. I love the department. And I want to continue on the the excellence of that department. I think the last time I talked to you was just before the primary. Um, so we came through the primary, uh, did really well uh, through that. So now we're on to the general election. Um, some of the things I wanted to release, I'll give you the, the, the first first release of some of the endorsements that I have um, that are standing behind me and endorsing my campaign for sheriff. Uh, the first one being Jeff Jeff Wolf, the sheriff right now, has endorsed me for the next sheriff. Uh, former sheriffs Mike Weisenberger and former sheriff Butch Halverson, uh, both of La Crosse County. La Crosse County sheriffs, okay. Uh, both have, uh, have endorsed me. Uh, former La Crosse Police Chief Ed Kondracki, uh 
has also uh, endorsed my campaign for sheriff, uh, as well as all of the surrounding county sheriffs uh, have all come out with endorsements. Uh, Trumple County Sheriff Brett Simonson, Monroe County Sheriff Wes Revels, Jackson County Sheriff Dwayne Waldera, and Vernon County Sheriff John Spears have all endorsed me for the next uh, sheriff of the cross. I think some of those guys are retiring too, as well, right? Um, the I only one that, Spears, is Spears is the only one that's retired. Oh, it's Spears retired. Um, okay. Yes. So on the on the flip side, we have we have a race over there too, as well. Yes. Yeah. They had a, a good uh, a primary there that uh, uh, Roy came out uh, ahead on. I think Roy's going to be the next sheriff of uh, of Vernon County. Um, I've had conversations with Roy. My team's had conversations with Roy. Um, so. Oh, did they only have one? A primary uh, where only two people ran. They have the primary. a primary. I think the uh, I, I think the Roy's in the lead uh, for that race. I think uh, um, from everybody that we've talked to down in Vernon County, um, it sounds like uh, Roy should uh, should be the next sheriff of Vernon County. I don't want to step out of turn and and, you're, you're and say, and say that no. he is <laughs> right right off the bat, but uh, I think he's going to do really well in the in the general election. Well, do you so, turn around and are you endorsing? Uh, anyone like I, do you I, do the same thing because I, you're you're not a sheriff so it's a little I'm, bit different. I am not a sheriff and people have asked me for endorsements and I what I tell them is I am concerned only with my campaign and only with my election so that's where I'm going to focus all my my energy on um, you know I can uh, support people but as far as coming out with endorsements again I'm just a sheriff uh, sheriff candidate so what clout does uh, an endorsement for me come until I become sheriff so uh, again with those endorsements I think that's you know a, a pretty good uh, list of, of people in law enforcement in La Crosse County and surrounding county areas that have had a, lo a long history of providing great law enforcement services and for those sheriffs ex-sheriffs and the ex-police chief to come out uh, with their endorsement of me. I think that's, uh, that's, that, that's very uh, humbling for me. Uh, I'm very excited to get all of them, and uh, I think that's going to be something that's important that we can look at uh, in the future here. Yeah, it's something I, like, I had to experience this through the mayor's race. All of a sudden, everybody is endorsing uh, one candidate or the other. Is, does, do other entities endorse in sheriff's races? I haven't really paid attention to this in the past. Uh, like. Uh, just uh, some people out of law enforcement or groups out of law enforcement. I'm, I imagine there's some. Uh, you can, yeah. There, there's or have there's you had others. any? I guess uh, I have. I have had numerous other endorsements that we had, we're not putting out yet. Oh, okay. Um, but those will come out throughout the rest of the campaign. I just thought these were very important uh, um, endorsements that I had that I wanted to get out get out early as soon as I can, and I think this was a really good opportunity to do that. Um, so we'll have different letters of uh, endorsement from all of those people uh, that will be released. Uh, well, if Jeff, Wolf, up. Jeff Wolf's texting in, he said he didn't endorse you. So I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 608-785-7914 <laughs> is the talking text line. Fritz Leinfelter is in studio. He's going to join us this hour. Um, all right. The other thing that you wanted to talk about was, and if anyone wants to call in and, and has a question on, uh, about how the Sheriff's Department runs or what Fritz's uh, you know vision is for the Sheriff's Department if he's elected, uh, 608-785-7914. Um, all right, so Su it's September 1st, so this is the beginning of Suicide Awareness Month. Um, I will just say that uh, a lot of people might not know this. You had to tell me because I forgot. It, well, I knew the number, but I didn't know exactly why you would call this number. But we instead of calling 911, if you have, would you say like a mental health or a suicide situation? It's, uh, 988 is the su Suicide Prevention Lifeline is what okay. they call it. So if you're struggling... Uh, with with an issue or something like that, nine eight eight is the number to call. If you have an actual emergency, we're still calling nine one one. Yeah, and that's a, but as far as that, it's a, a, a 
been brought brought out there. Um, it's a, another excellent resource that uh, we want to get that uh, that information out there. Not a whole lot of people know of 988 yet. Okay, um, so but there's a difference here. If somebody's on a ledge, we're calling 911. That's a 911 call. And yeah. if somebody's just having a hard time, like if you you and me are talking, you could tell that I'm having like some suicidal thoughts, would you call 988 at that point and, and maybe, or get me to call 988 maybe? It, it all depends on the situation. You know, me as a law enforcement officer, there's other things that I, I can, can do when you're in crisis. Uh, 988 is uh, not necessarily um, uh, want to get law enforcement involved or anybody, I just maybe want to reach out to talk to somebody and help you through a tough situation. It's, it's not you're, a you're life thinking, or death situation at uh, that point, right? Like, I would say that, I mean, so? I, I think it would, that would be the start of it. The person that would be answering the 988 would probably be able to make best determine uh, yeah. at what point you are, and maybe it is maybe it is a it rose to the level of a, a 911 call um, and things like that. So um, we've got some events that are happening in Lacrosse uh, with the suicide prevention. Joe was just Joe Foundation as a foundation that Dave Clements started when his son died by suicide, um, um, very tragic. But he started up a foundation. So. Uh, September 22nd down at Riverside Park, there's going to be uh, an event uh, to raise awareness on. It's basically that week is the Suicide Prevention Summit that we'll have. So where there's there's uh, classes and things that we can take that you can sign up for um, through the university that they're going to bring in speakers and that. But Wednesday, the 22nd, I believe, is a Wednesday night, and they're going to. I think Dan Sabronic might be playing down at uh, Riverside, have some music, some other things going on. Thursday, three weeks from today. Is that three what it weeks. is? Yep. Okay, yeah. Um, how now, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you're, you're an investigator, so I don't know, you, you might not have to deal with this that much anymore, but as a, you know, in the, within the sheriff's office, and if you were elected, you know, uh, sheriff in La Crosse County, I guess how much, how much do you guys have to deal with the, you know, you, because last time you were in here, you talked about the, the, the mental health situation in La Crosse and, and probably in the nation, uh, is, is getting, I don't know if you want to say it's out of control, but it's getting worse. Um, and then with that, with mental health, you know, that, that leads to suicide sometimes, but I, I guess, you know, are, are there a lot of calls within the department in, in that regard? I can tell you this, the, from the medical examiners in La Crosse office, there's right now, there's 10 confirmed throughout the year, 10 confirmed, uh, suicides with three pendings to be most likely, uh, declared suicides that have happened, uh, so far this year. So we're already, uh, at record pace from last year in 2021, we had, 21 total suicides, and in 2020, uh, I believe we had 17, uh, 2019, 16. So um, those are the types of things that we're dealing, and those are our actual um, suicides. You know? Yeah, they, we have the confirmed. so confirmed suicides. We've got numerous calls of people that are in crisis that we deal with, you know, on a on a regular basis. All all law enforcement across La Crosse County. Um, and we've seen a, a rise in those, you know, um, I, I think we've talked, I think I talked a little bit before, I think there's 22 mental health beds, adult mental health beds that are available in La Crosse County. I think there's eight mental health beds for juveniles in La Crosse County, which is for a, a population of 118 plus thousand people is very minimal. Has that number gone down? Um, they, it has gone right. down in, in recent years. They're working on some things right now. I've got some calls in, uh, with, uh, with one of the uh, hospitals uh, to kind of uh, 
get what they they have in in the works and planning. So um, that I'm hoping to get that phone call tonight. I was it, the person I, I tried calling was busy this afternoon. He said he'd call me back tonight. I told him I was be on the on your radio program, so I want to take. Yeah, have call, him call but, in six zero eight seventy five. Those are those are things that we're 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 looking at. Those are things that we deal with uh, on a regular basis. So you know it's it it's it's tough. I know the numbers have really climbed, um, uh, and I think a lot of the what we see is, you know, some of the juvenile mental health aspects uh, and issues that we're, we're seeing have really risen um, for whatever reason that might it's, be. Yeah, it's really hard to, it's hard to talk about because it's hard to, there's no one thing you can point to, like, if you want to, you know, like, and and then with physical violence, you can go, there it is. Like, you can kind of see, even, the, even physical violence, though, often the underlying situation there is some kind of mental sure. situation. Sure, sure. And, and, you know, along our line, those lines, you get mental health and you have substance abuse issues, and those things go correlate quite, you know, one feeds off the other. You know, some people that develop ment- uh, substance abuse issues then start to spiral and their mental capabilities and mental health declines because of that. And on the other aspect, you have somebody that has a mental health issue that starts to self-medicate with controlled substances, and then it spirals down just the same. So you get both sides of, of, of that realm uh when it comes to mental health and substance abuse there's they're so so correlated uh and they they mix mix together and it just you know it's it's what we see a rise of in our community when you talk about there's throat you talk about there's only so many beds or the the number of beds are declining i wonder if a little bit it has to do and i don't want to get into a health insurance situation but like the idea that oh if i need mental health care and i need to get into uh you know a facility I don't know. I have no idea if that a if that costs me money, if I need health insurance to do that, or if I have to do that and I don't have health insurance and I leave that place and then they you know they hand you the bill. Hey, thanks for the stay. Here's the bill because if that's the case, then nobody's going to go you know seek that help. What we can't do, and I, I think what we can't do is just uh, point the finger at one source of of why we're where we're at. What we need to do is work together as a community to, to help get people out of that situation, get situations that they're in, get them back to being productive uh, citizens within our community. And, and it just can't be uh, something that's thrown on law enforcement. It can't be something that's just thrown on the hospitals. It's got to be a community effort um, to, to get all these different teams of people together to, to help correct where we're at right now. Um, I, I think to, to just point a finger for at, at one one spot or one reason is, is wrong. I think we need to to look at everybody, uh, and we all need to to jump on board to to make things in all the the mental health aspects, the substance abuse aspects. We need everybody to to jump on board with that, so we can you know our our community is hurting right now. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Fritz Leinfelder is going to spend the rest of the hour with us, but now we got to take a break. Brad doing the news before that. Scott's comment. So this is your jam, huh? Thank you for playing a little Night Ranger for me. Yeah, all my, all my, all my buddies will appreciate that. That's Fritz Leinfelder. He's running for the sheriff in La Crosse County. He's spending the hour with us. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four. I'm giving him all my my liberal like paint the paint the cop cars orange so we could see them, uh, and you're like, well then how are you going to get a speeding ticket? But I want to ask you, in Minnesota where I live, the, there's a law to not you you can't have your phone in your hand. It's illegal, and I would say that's hands-free hard. Hands-free driving. 
Hands free driving, and that, I would say that's you know. But is it hamburger free driving too? What if I had a hamburger? Uh, <laughs> could be, could be even more distracting. <laughs> right. So, so it would, it might, it might be. Um, and your job is, uh, you know, in the law enforcement, not not your job because you're an investigator. But at what point you were patrol? Were you patrol mm-hmm. when there were cell phones? I mean, that was probably a while um, ago. Probably just the start of cell phones. I, when I was a dare instructor, um, I had one of the first bag phones that we had was, and it was we kept in the car. Uh, we had a dare vehicle that I drove. We kept in the car. We were told not to use it because the the cost was so <laughs> enormous. Right. You, you have a phone, but don't use it. So. Don't use it. But uh, and now we're watching videos yeah, while driving uh, yeah, on our phones. Exactly. But um, that that's got to get a lot harder. The the job of of police and and sheriffs deputies. Just the idea of of you know like. I don't know. Would you like to see Wisconsin have a hands-free driving law? I think it makes sense. You know, I, I you know, you talk about making our job more difficult, which it does seem to get uh, more difficult uh, uh, every day. But we're making some good progress in some things. But you know, uh, it, if they make the laws, then we'll enforce the laws. So that's you know, uh, we can give our comments on it. You know, dr- hands-free driving is only it's a safety factor. You know, people spend you know, trying to text and drive down the road. They're not paying attention, causing all kinds of accidents and things like that. So, you know, uh, I, I don't think any law enforcement officer would, or, or for a whole lot of people probably wouldn't uh, be opposed to something like that because it's about the safety of our citizens. And that's what, you know, um, we want to accomplish. And that's, you know, what why I'm running for sheriff because I want to ensure that our, our safeties in, in our community are safe. Um, so those are definitely things that we can we can talk about and look at, but I guess why wouldn't you want uh, to have safer drivers on the road? Do you have like a, just a regular squad car that you drive a yeah, lot I, of time I, or not? I drive a, a Ford Fusion unmarked uh, as a detective. Some of okay. our some of our unmarks the investigators are driving now are the uh, the Explorers. Okay, um, yeah. So so we just got a new shipment in. That, well, that you'd be a little like, higher in Explorer. I was trying, yeah. What I was getting at is like. You can you can see sometimes when somebody's on their phone, but you know, as a if you're driving home and somebody's on their phone and they're I, I don't know, do you ever just go? Do you ever do you ever pull them over and be like, hey, come if on. somebody's being really dangerous and driving really erratically, we'll 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 most some of the investigators will institute a traffic stop, initiate a traffic stop uh, um, because it's a safety concern. They could there are all kinds of gamuts of things that you could have, but is it um, one one extra step that we kind of already have this law because inattentive driving is that it, it would. You know, hands-free versus inattentive driving. True. Well, it's still it's illegal to text and drive in the in the state of Wisconsin yeah. right now. So you can talk uh, on your phone, but you know that's uh, who knows where they're going to go. Those that's up all those decisions up to lawmakers. Uh, once the lawmakers make those decisions, then law enforcement will will follow yeah. through with what needs to be done. So um, what I kind of wanted to talk about, we can kind of get into uh, now is you know I, last time I talked about um, uh, our jail. The jail is the largest division. Uh, within the sheriff's office. Yeah, so I don't not, think people know that. How and, many and, how many guys do you have uh, working there? The there's jail, approximately right? 55 jailers are working there. So we got you know about 103 total uh, employees, officers, uh, and jail staff. Okay, within so, patrol officers in that. So um, and I, what I said before was you know I take our jail staff up against any, but that in the state because they're that good, they're professional, they're knowledgeable, and they're caring about what they're doing. But you know the problem we're having is we're we're losing. Uh, Good jailers. We're losing, you know, in the last uh, since 2018, I think we've had 21 of our jail staff that has that have left the department in good standing. That's not including uh, people that have retired. Um, you know, those are that that number is big, big greater than that, or people that were you know, got in trouble and were let go. So those are things, you know, and what they see on a daily basis in the jail mm-hmm. is amazing. You know, in in that same time frame, we've had 
30 assaults uh, to jailers by, by inmates. Over the last four years? In the, in the, from 18 to 22. Yep. Uh, we had over 200-plus drug-related incidents within our jail. We've had 250 resistive combative uh, with jail staff incidents. Okay, can I, when you say drug-related incidents, can I point to the jail staff and say something's going on there, that drugs are getting in, or what's, there, what happens there? there? There's all kinds of ways that inmates are getting drugs into our jail, and there's some, you know, we've got a scanner. The scanner's not the, the save-all, end-all. It's going to catch everything, but people will 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 hide. Is the scanner named Fido? Is it a dog? <laughs> <laughs> we'll hide. We've had, now we have, we've got uh, passive alerting dogs, so those are things that we can, you know, we can use on, on people now to see. Is there a certain drug that, that is in the jail more so than others? Um, you, you name it, we'll, we'll, people will try to, to, to get it in. They'll secrete it in different orifices in their body, and they'll get it into the jail. Because I feel like if you're, you can't, you can't, you know, you, you can't get all of them. I feel like if you're sneaking marijuana in, the jailers be like, good, this guy will be a chill today because <laughs> yeah. he's smoking well, marijuana, and, like, who cares? But also... Uh, you can't smoke marijuana; it'd be pretty smelly, I think. Yeah. Um, so but along why, those along why? those lines of keeping the the jail staff there uh, is uh, there's a new initiative now. It's not new; it's been tried before. It's called Protective Status for Correction Officers. Um, last week, I met with uh, Brown County Sheriff Todd Delane, uh, who's leading the charge uh, amongst the sheriffs across the state uh, to get uh, corrections officers. Um, protective status. So they'll have the same same status, same protection as the patrol officers out on the street. Um, and w- with that comes uh, the ability to uh, retire earlier. So you don't want to, you know, Can a you... 60-year-old jailer walking the hard concrete floor and dealing with combative in- inmates is you know, not what you want to Can you so. define what pr- protective status uh, is exactly? It, it, it's a better retirement system. It gives you better better protections if you were to be injured on the job. Okay. Uh, in, like in workman's like comp that. a little it, bit? It, it, kind it's of... like that, but you have a little bit more more protection on it. Um, a higher rate goes into your retirement. A higher percentage of uh, your wages goes into your retirement plan. Uh, which then allows you to be able to retire earlier. So, so Todd Delane is the one that's leading the charge on that. We've had it in front of the uh, the politicians, uh, the legislatures in the past. Um, right, there was always kind of a, a conflict of their their interpret the politicians' interpretation uh, of of what prote- protective status is, uh, as opposed to the IRS's uh, and Wisconsin retirement systems uh, interpretations. So Todd Delane's leading the charge there. He's met with the Ch- uh, IRS out of Chicago. That gave him the the, the, the true inter- interpretation of what it really is. So that'll be the first thing that's on the docket. Uh, what Todd Todd believes is going to be the first thing that's on the docket when the, when the legislators come back into session next year. So it's something that uh, that as sheriff I will back. Um, a lot of the sheriffs, the Badger Sheriffs uh, Association, is really pulling for it and backing it. I talked with. Uh, is one of the things that just allows guys to retire a little bit earlier and gives them more protection. Okay. Uh, it's one of those things that's going to give safety and security for for your employees and for the, your employees' families. And what things is like the that. what do you got to what age you got to be to retire now in the in uh, law enforcement? Is it, there an age? It, it's it's uh, like now for me it would be fifty three is like the earliest that I could retire without any kind of penalty and get my maximum things. It's all about how you crunch the numbers. You all have to. Everybody has to take their numbers. What they're all the their wages that they've had. Go down to Madison, meet with Madison. Madison will say, "This is what your your wages, uh, retirement wages, are going to be." You know, uh, can I live with that or not? Do I have to work a little bit longer right. so I can? Well, know, that, that's so, the thing I was getting. At. I never thought about this yeah. before because I don't want a bunch of seventy-two-year-old 
policemen or yeah, sheriff's exactly. deputies running around yeah. trying to chase criminals. That doesn't work like that. So. No, and it's it's not good for the community. It's not good for the officers, and, and those are things. So, again, those are things that are in the works, and hopefully we'll be able to push that through to, to, to help our employees. And one of the things that will uh, help with retention, I believe, it won't be the, the cure to keep people working in a jail because a jail is a tough spot. You yeah. know, it, the law enforcement officer out on the street he deals with a criminal. He arrests them. He takes them to jail. You know, he could be with them for anywhere from you know, maybe an hour to two hours. Where every day that jail officer goes to work, he's going to work and he's working with criminals. Not everybody that's in jail is a hardened, nasty criminal. There's some people that just made mistakes, but a lot of those people. Then things that they're seeing right now with, again, we talked about mental health earlier. The mental health aspects of people that are in jail right now cause all kinds of, of, of issues with the jail staff. Violence, uh, violence to the jail staff. Um, uh, different issues they're dealing with that nobody should have to deal with when it comes to uh, foreign substances or bodily fluids being thrown um, at the jail staff, which, which is unfortunately happening more and more and more as as, as we go on here. Uh, so those are the things that the jail staff is looking at. Those are the things we really want to try to push through. Again, the jail is not a, a glamorous subject to cover there's because a, there's nobody, a nobody really cares. Between jail and prison. Right, jail Correct. is the guys that are kind of yep. temporarily, yeah. temporarily. Uh, they there, say right? within if you're <clears throat> sentenced sentenced under a year, uh, then you'd stay typically stay in in jail. There's other things that can happen where your probation can be revoked and they send you back to prison. Anything over one year typically will go off to prison. But again, there's, there's it's each each case is different and there's many different things. We all watch TV shows and we get this like weird fantasy idea of what jail and what prison would be, sure. but. Um, I, I'm always curious about, you know, when these people end up in prison or even jail, like you said, if they're, even if they're there temporarily and there's mental health issues, uh, how much help in that regard are those guys getting when they're there? Because some, maybe most of them eventually will be back in society and it would be nice to rehabilitate them to a degree. Even guys in jail, if they're having mental health issues, are they getting, are they getting the help they need in that regard? You know? Yeah. And those are the things that we're going to, we want to work together, uh, to try to establish, uh, connections for those people so that they're not just you know jail somebody with a mental health issue you know they need to be held accountable for what the crime that they did but to put them in jail is not necessarily the best place for them because it's not going to do anything for their mental health right again there there needs to be accountability we need our victims in the cross county to feel safe we need the victims you know we want our citizens not to feel like they're they're always looking out because they're going to be a, a victim of a crime uh, from somebody from a mental health issue, somebody from a su- substance abuse issue, things like that. So those are the things that. But go. back back to your point, you you lost twenty one jailers over the last four years, I believe. Is yeah, that... from from eighteen to. Uh, and they've to left 22. the profession of law enforcement. They left the profession of law enforcement because how many of those guys? How many of those guys could go? You know what? I'm going to go over to patrol or something like that. Do they have that option? Because you're losing guys there too. You don't. Well, have there's enough. different different certifications you have to have. You have to be law enforcement certifiable sure. uh, to be a patrol officer. Um, at, at the jail doesn't have that. They have a, a jail certification that they they'll get they'll get put through. But you it's can't a totally just, different degree, yeah, essentially. Yeah, okay. and there's some departments. Dane County has a, where they hire somebody that's certifiable. They'll start in the jail, and whenever a, 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 a position as a patrol officer opens up. They'll, they'll be laterally transferred or move out into yeah. that. And it's a totally but, different job. So, yeah. like, some of those guys leave the profession. I don't want to work in law enforcement anymore. But, you know, I get that that, that prisoner job is, is being a, you know, run, being a jailer is a tough job. Um, 
so so protective status is that what you call it? Protective, protective status. status would be one way. Is yeah. you know, is there other things that they could do to retain these guys? Um, I'm sure there is. There's a lot of things in in our world in law enforcement that we can do. Little things that not are not going to cost a lot of money uh, that we can uh, provide and bring to the employees. You know, uh, to to help them feel uh, uh, more of a part of the team. Uh, necessarily, you know, sometimes they feel like oh, I'm just a jailer, which isn't the case at all. It's they're you know they're part of the law enforcement world. They're part of the criminal justice system, and you know by them not having protective status. You know, they look at themselves like, oh, I'm just kind of a secondhand citizen when it comes to law enforcement. Really, they're the ones that are dealing with all the all the, the criminals that we have on a daily basis. Every eight hours they go to work, they're dealing with that. And that's I'm, the type of people they're putting up with. Because I'm thinking if you, if, you, this, if you got this pass, protective status, and it gives people the ability to retire easier, you might see people retiring out of the jailer situation uh, which which actually wouldn't help, you know, if you're losing jailers with 21 or leaving the profession, but now you've added protective status, which allows those some of those older guys to retire easier. Mm-hmm. That's not that's not retaining, right? That's that's well, so those are, they're retiring gotta, because they they've come to the age to retire, which yeah. they probably should retire. So we're still going to be able to hire you know hire people coming up. You know, there's one of the things that we've heard in law enforcement is you know. The numbers of people that apply for law enforcement positions have dropped, yeah. but the number of good candidates that we're having uh, has not. You know, we have not had uh, our numbers that apply for our jobs um, have really declined. But we'll get thirty people that are that apply, and we'll get good candidates out of those. So we're still able yeah. to hire good quality people. It's just that for whatever reason Keep that is, going. that we're not getting the, the the numbers to apply for the positions uh, coming like we used to. But again. We're still getting good quality people that we're hiring. But we're trying to keep those guys there too, right? Like the jailers are leaving, so we're trying to keep them. The ones there, but you know, obviously, as an older older person, if you have the ability to retire, let's take that opportunity. I mean, it's all like everything is a factor. Like we don't want seventy year old jailers, and also we need jailers, so we got to do something to incentivize them to come. And it's not it's not a glamorous glamorous position. It's not glamorous for, for people to talk about that portion of law enforcement, but it's a very essential and very important part of law enforcement. When you when you roll out the new cars, maybe just the and you have to you get rid of the old cars, maybe give a jailer and one of the old cars. Hey, you get we a free car yeah. on your way out. We won't we won't we won't paint it orange or whatever <laughs> we'll color you want it to. Lime that, that weird fire truck green. All right, we're gonna take a break. All right, a couple of minutes here to wrap up with Fritz Leinfelder. He's running for sheriff in La Crosse County. He's one of two candidates to do that. He's the R in the race. The D is John Siegel. Uh, the 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 election is November 8th, 8th or 9th? 8th? Okay. You should know that. Sometimes people get made fun of when they say the wrong day. I won't say who that. Um and Fritz has been in law enforcement here in La Crosse County, 29 years, uh, five years as a jailer, five or so years as a jailer, three years on patrol, uh, a year as a dare instructor, and then 20, the past 21 years as an investigator. Um, and then you spent four years as, no, let me see, as a safety uh, for the UWL <laughs> football team. Uh, Saturday coming up. You got any predictions on Saturday? Uh, I think we're going to. Number gonna, 12 in the nation. Gonna, I went and spoke to the team uh, Tuesday. Uh, afternoon, Janish, uh, Coach Janish had me over. I talked to the team. Um, I think we're going to win by three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Who we? Uh, I forget. Deco- Dakota State. Dakota State. Okay. So uh, now, are you big? I mean, you play college football. So is yeah. that your sport? Is that like it's just? Yeah, that's oh. that's that's what I did when I when I went to school here at UWL. 
Um, and uh, But when fall comes, are you watching the Packers or are you watching the Badgers with more enthusiasm? I watch more college football than I do, than I do professional football. Yeah, that makes I'll watch, sense. I'll watch the Packers. Um, I don't watch a whole lot of – whole lot of other nfl but i really like watching college we got a whole like, kid oh, on the badgers uh, playing yeah, linebacker yeah i love i love going to high school football games you know, his name is uh tatum i want to say grass i think his name is tatum grass but I, now i forgot i tried to have him on show but it's hard to get those guys you have to go yeah. through public relations yeah, and, yeah, sure um but yeah he was a walk-on he just got a scholarship last spring for for the badgers i believe he's a junior so uh for anyone wants to get into that um all right, so I, I don't have anything but, but besides painting the cars orange. Um, you know, I don't have any of my liberal ideas for for the sheriff's office. But you know, do you have you got a, you got like two minutes here? Um, as, if you were elected sheriff, is there just like a thing? Like, is, is, is are you good with status quo the way things are going? Do you really want to accomplish here? You know what? This is what I really want to accomplish. We always want to improve in law enforcement. You know, I think we've got a good base. I've worked for some fantastic sheriffs uh, in the past. We've got fantastic law enforcement all throughout our area. Uh, but we're always looking to improve. You know, there's things we want to make sure that our citizens are safe, our citizens are secure. They're not becoming victims of crime. You're speaking all in generalities, though. Yes. Can you go like, you know what? Th- here's a good one. This is a way we could improve. Um, well, dealing with uh, pr- provide more training uh, and relevant training to all of our uh, employees when it comes to the mental health aspects of, of what we're seeing, the substance abuse aspects of what we're seeing. A patrol officer might go out to a call and have somebody that's acting violently. He might be able to uh, determine just by, by his education and his training that this person is suffering a, a crisis mental health aspect instead of just being a, a violent person. And you deal with those people differently. And if you come up come across somebody that has autism that might be having a, a, an issue or a crisis, um, you know, yelling and screaming at that person is going to do no good, but escalate it even more. So, how much does experience play a role in there? Because you know, just being able to recognize that, as opposed to learning about it, you know, through education. Uh, both, uh, both are very important. You know, the experience experience officer has so many different things in his tool. You know, we call it the tool belt that you have. Uh, but there's so many in his arsenal that he can use to to de-escalate people. Training uh, young people is very important so that they're able to develop that experience and they can see that they can see what works for them and what doesn't work for them. That's Fritz Leinfelder running for sheriff here in La Crosse County. I uh, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks for having me. All right, tomorrow, UW Lacrosse political science professor, Dr. Anthony Chagoski. Thanks, everybody, for listening.